Hello, and welcome to The County Conversation, a podcast featuring employees and subject matter experts from the Fairfax County government discussing programs, services, and items of interest to residents of Fairfax County. I'm your host, Jim Person, and on this edition of The Conversation, we'll talk with Joanna Hemmett, Assistant Director of Patient Care Services with the Fairfax County Health Department, about the upcoming start of the school year, immunizations, and Immunization Awareness Month, which is now. August. So, Joanna, thanks for being with us on the County Conversation. Glad to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. A big, uh, important um, topic, uh, immunizations, as we're getting ready for the start of the, the school year. But before we dive into that, let's talk a little bit about Joanna, who she is and kind of where she's come from. Been with the health department. How long have you been with Fairfax County in the health department? I've been with Fairfax County Health Department for six months. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm recently arrived. Okay. Where from? What have you done before? I was with the Alexandria Health Department for 11 years as a Virginia Department of Health employee. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Always been interested in health services? Oh, yes. It's been my passion for as long as I can remember. I've been a nurse for 25 years, and I've been in public health for 23 of those 25 years. So it's really... It's my passion. Yeah. And maternal child health or health of women, infants, and children mm. has been one of the areas I've been especially interested in mm. over the years. Okay. I guess if you have that uh, kind of want to help people mentality, it's it, it's kind of always there. And health department, health services is a good way to, to get that out, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> um August, Immunization Awareness Month. Put you on the spot. What does that mean? What is Immunization Awareness Month? Well, August is National Immunization Awareness Month, and it's a month when we partner with our our other national partners like the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and we try to make the um, awareness of immunizations, the importance of immunizations across the lifespan uh, heightened awareness for the entire community, and that mm-hmm. includes infants, children, as well as adults. Okay. So we're, we're talking about immunizations now, um, obviously, because August is Immunization Awareness Month, but looking ahead toward the, toward the start of the school year. But what you just said there, it, it kind of makes, it's more broader now in my mind. It's not, just not for a kid going back to school. You talked about the life, immunizations mm-hmm. over the life. What is that? I mean, what are we talking about there? Exactly. Well, vaccinations or immunizations are really important for everyone to think about. Now, we usually think about it mostly for our for infants yeah. who need to have quite a large number. It's up to 14 different kinds of diseases mm. that wow. they're immunized against when they're infants. And then for school entry, there's a whole another set of requirements by state and uh, local code that's mm. required for school entry. Uh, teenagers still need to have vaccines. In Mm. college entry, there's also another um, Mm. set of vaccines that are frequently needed. Mm. But adults are frequently forgotten in terms of that. Uh, People do hopefully remember their flu vaccine every year, but there are other vaccines that are also important. And depending on your age, your medical condition, your occupation, Mm -hmm. there are different kinds of vaccines that are really highly recommended across the lifespan. Are there a couple of examples? Yes. Uh, I mentioned flu vaccine. Another would be... Which I'm sorry to interrupt, which I hadn't even thought about when I was looking at this topic, thinking about getting ready to go back to school. Flu Mm -hmm. immunization, I didn't even... even 
dawn on my mind. So it's I'm glad getting you, close. Yeah. It's getting yeah. close to the season. Um, we're you know beginning to we start planning for flu season actually in January right. for the following year. Yeah, so wow. flu uh, is a big uh, a big okay. deal in okay. terms of immunizations and six months and up. Everyone who is uh, at least six months of age and all the way through to the elderly. Uh, it's recommended to get a seasonal flu vaccine every year. Mm -hmm. So in addition to flu, mm -hmm. every adult should have a Tdap vaccine, which is a tetanus, diphtheria, and pertussis, or whooping cough hmm. booster vaccine. And if you've not had it, it's really something recommended for all adults. Pregnant women are now offered this vaccine routinely whenever they're pregnant. Hmm. Uh, and the main reason is to help protect our infants and those who are really the most vulnerable against whooping cough. Hmm. Wow. Another vaccine that is um, of, often recommended mm -hmm. for older adults is the shingles vaccine or the Zostavax. Oh. Uh, and another is the pneumococcal or pneumonia against pneumonia for wow. those especially who have okay. medical conditions. <laughs> so there's all kinds of vaccines. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, good to know. Like I yes. said, I, it, I hadn't even I hadn't made the connection. So that's good. That's good. We're, we're talking about the Immunization Awareness Month and the importance of the vaccines or the immunizations. And I, you touched on this a little bit, but can maybe dive into it a little bit more. Why is this focus this month, mm -hmm. having a, a month proclaimed immunization month, why is that important? Well, immunizations is really one of the top 10 achievements of public health in the 20th century. Hmm. And even though we've made a lot of strides and done enormous um, uh, efforts and had a lot of success in mm -hmm. terms of preventing vaccine-preventable diseases. There are still many diseases that are vaccine-preventable that we do still mm -hmm. see mm -hmm. across the world. Now, in the United States, we're doing pretty good, but we do still see uh, pertussis or whooping cough. Um, Thankfully, we do not see often polio and rarely measles, hmm. but those still can occur. Uh, the germs are out there. We need to do all we can to prevent infection. And there are many who actually are really the most vulnerable, and we're trying to protect not only our own infants and children, but those who cannot receive the vaccine, either infants who are too young mm -hmm. or those who may be medically compromised and mm. don't bolster up a, an immune response to a vaccine. So it's really a shared responsibility. Right. And we like to highlight the importance of that, that it's really an important effort for everyone to be thinking about in mm -hmm. order to protect our community against vaccine-preventable yeah. disease. That really kind of answered the next question I was going to ask, which was the the why mm -hmm. is it so important on staying up to date? Because a lot of just just looking at the flu vaccine, you know, a lot of folks go, well, you know, I hadn't gotten sick for several years, or you know, ah, last time I got got that shot, I got the flu. So. Uh, that really kind of touched on, I mean, not only is it for ourselves, but a lot of these we might might not consider it's for everybody around us or people that we may come in contact with. Exactly. And the other thing people often don't think about, they think, oh, yeah, I never get the flu or I'm not going to be sick. I mm -hmm. wash my hands all mm -hmm. the time. But it, you never know. Um, it can just take a really small little minor exposure. Um, for example, measles is, an, is a disease that's highly contagious. If you have, um, say, 100 people in a room who've never been vaccinated against the measles, you have one person walk into that room, mm -hmm. 90 of those people, 90% wow. are very likely to get the measles. So it's really hard to know what kind of exposure you might have. People mm -hmm. might be infectious and not look sick. And then once sick, 
Um, people have a lot of time lost right. from school if your right. kids are out of school or work for the parents, doctor's visits, hospitalizations, and of course, you know, the, the being miserable and being right. sick right, right. <laughs> on top of it. Right. So just get the shot and, and be better safe than yeah, sorry. Yeah, exactly. I, and I assume most of the immunizations are shots or they're Most of them, injectables? but there are a few others. Yeah, most of them are, are injectable vaccines. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of research always being done on, mm. on new and improved methods and um, effectiveness of vaccines, but there are a few that are um, oral, and uh, those are actually more for infants, mm. a couple of vaccines that are available in that route. And then flu mist is a vaccine against mm. seasonal flu right. that is available as a mist that goes up and through the nasal passages. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Right. One of the uh, main parts or topics we wanted to talk about today on this uh, conversation was obviously about the start of school. And you mentioned earlier a lot of uh, requirements for uh, uh, children going back to various grades and levels of school. As a public health person and educator, what would you say to a parent who might be concerned about getting their child vaccinated before they start school or or, or at any time? Well, I would say that really if they're Going through a lot of effort to get their kids ready for school, as most parents do, going and getting school supplies and backpacks, that one of the next things they need to do is get out that immunization record and check and see if that their child is up to date on what's required for school entry. If they're a kindergarten entry, then there's, they need to have all of their childhood, early childhood vaccines up to date. If they are um, entering uh, sixth grade and 11 to 12-year-olds who are rising sixth graders, they need to make sure they have their Tdap booster. Mm. Uh, they also are recommended to go ahead and get the flu vaccine if it's available. Mm. Some places do have flu vaccine available, actually, before school starts mm. up. Okay. Uh, meningococcal, or the vaccine against menin- meningitis, uh, is also recommended for the 11 to 12-year-old population, as well as 16-year-old or for college entry. I think those are the ones for school that we mostly think about, right. um, that they need to make sure they're up to date, get the backpack ready, get the vaccines up to date, everything ready for that first day of school. Right. And these are vaccines that are required before a child can start school. Yes, some of those are. Yeah, the Tdap vaccine and the HPV vaccine are both required for all girls and boys, the HPV vaccine is recommended. Right. We highly recommend it. Right. So a child in Fairfax County without the required vaccines mm-hmm. cannot start school when it begins. Correct. Okay. Yes. They would be delayed to get into school. Yeah. How, how would I, I mean, you, you rattled off several names, some of which I can't even begin to pronounce, uh, <laughs> don't know what they might mean, etc. How do I know what vaccines are required for my school-age children? Is there a uh, website I can go to? Is it uh, something I can get from my doctor or a health clinic? I mean, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, well, all pediatricians will have information and have these vaccines available, as well as many other clinics, such as um, federally qualified health centers, community clinics. Also, the health department has all these vaccines available. Required vaccines for school entry are available free of charge. And for more information, one can check our website, mm-hmm. which is www.fairfaxcounty.gov hd. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is... 
I don't know how to ask this. Is the requirement for vaccines uh, for a lot of these uh, diseases, issues, et cetera, required before a child starts school because so many people will be in a confined space together and, and diseases transfer that way? Are we, is, it, is it a preventative, preventative type measure that we're requiring vaccines? If, yes, if that makes sense. absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, good point. The vaccine um, requirements for school entry are in, in good part due to the fact that children are all, all in school are in a prime location to transmit disease. And mm-hmm. if they're not protected, they're in closer quarters, they're spending a lot of time together, and it's a prime environment to transmit disease. Now, as you know, if you're a parent, you have your kids are, get colds and mm-hmm. you know various infections they can come home with once they start school. And there are many that are vaccine preventable, and we try to do all we can to protect the, the children and families, because if your child's sick, if they get one of these diseases, such as whooping cough, mm. and they're not protected, they bring it home to the family. If there's an infant in the household who may not be protected or an elderly adult who may not be protected, it's really important mm-hmm. to prevent that infection right. as well as the community in general. Okay. Where can I can I go uh, to get the vaccine? Do I have to go to the health department or can my local doctor do it or are there other places that I can get these required vaccines? Yes, um, the pediatricians and pediatricians all carry these vaccines. Pharmacies often have them, the federally qualified health centers as I mentioned, uh, community clinics mm-hmm. and the health department. So there are many, many options to get vaccines and Hopefully, we're really trying to encourage more and more that at every clinical visit, every doctor's visit, that that's something that is covered. Hmm. So even when one is going to the doctor, whether you're an infant child or, or an adult, that whenever there is a doctor's visit, for whatever reason, that an immunization history is reviewed, mm-hmm. that the records are real looked at and, and that's been discussed mm-hmm. to see what's, com- what's recommended or required at that point or what might be in the near future. Mm-hmm. So hopefully if, if I'm taking my child or children to the doctor, the pediatrician on a regular basis, it might not even be something I have to think a lot about because it's going to be part of course for, for visiting that doctor on a regular basis. It should be, but right. it doesn't hurt to be proactive right. and to be thinking about it and to take that responsibility proactively and right. ask your doctor. Uh, you know, sometimes they get really busy sure, sure. and um, it can be a visit that is focused on on other issues and, and they may not, mm-hmm. uh, even though it is what's recommended that, right. that does um, come up at every visit. We're right. really encouraging it more and more. In the health department, it, it is a main focus. One of the main focuses of public health and vaccine preventable diseases mm-hmm. does um, come up in those mm-hmm. visits. But mm-hmm. one really does need to, I think, have right. it on your mind right. and be thinking right. about yeah, it. Mm-hmm. it. So if anybody has any questions, again, I think you mentioned the website, fairfaxcounty.gov HD. They can get the information they need there, the, the vaccines that are recommended or required, et cetera. Yes. Yes, that's true. Okay. There may be some folks that are worried about cost. Um, you know, it's a matter of, do I buy you know, groceries for this week, or do I buy an immunization or a vaccine for my child or my family? Um, how much do these cost? And then a second part, is there any 
um, assistance available or are there low-cost options, that kind of thing? Yes. Uh, vaccines that are required for school entry are available free of charge at the health department. Okay. And vaccines that are um, most of the, uh, all required vaccines are covered by health insurance if they're privately insured. That should not be a consideration. Um, but anything that's required for school is available for mm -hmm. free at the health mm -hmm. department. Awesome. Yes. Okay. I know you touched on this earlier, but the different levels of, you know, a, a child starting school and a child maybe going to sixth grade, eighth grade, or high school or college. Uh, can you just kind of touch on that a little bit again, kind of the, maybe the main difference for some older children, high school, college-age children, uh, that would be different from a young kid starting school or that type of thing? Because you, you might have kids in both age ranges, but you might not. And you, you know, after you get them through elementary school, you might mm -hmm. be thinking, whew, I'm done with that. Absolutely. So, yeah. I know how that yeah. is. <laughs> Yeah, I do too. I do. Sort of. I got one in one, but yeah. Yeah, I recently, my 16-year-old had a visit to the doctor, and I had completely forgotten he was yeah. due for his <laughs> meningitis vaccine, and I was, re you know, reminded of that. Right. So it, one does often forget that, it, again, immunizations are important across the lifespan. And um, as I mentioned earlier, the meningococcal vaccine is one that is recommended uh, the first dose at 11 to 12, and the second mm -hmm. is usually 16, or if they haven't had it at 16 by college entry, it's re really highly recommended. Mm -hmm. And then again, if um, your teen has not had, or young adult has not had the HPV or human mm -hmm. papillomavirus gotcha. vaccine, right. that is another one that's recommended. And that one is three doses spread out over time mm, okay. to complete the series, to be fully protected. Right. Is it a wise idea if we're going in on a fairly regular basis to get the immunizations or the vaccines, you know, several different mm -hmm. times over a, a child's school life? Should they be doing other things at the doctor? Like, I mean, do you combine that with like a physical or, or, or things like that just to kind of maximize the visit, I guess? Yes, usually they are something that's incorporated into a routine physical. Mm -hmm. uh, when a child goes in for either a well-child visit, their annual physical, um, if they're going in for a sports physical even, mm -hmm. you know, before playing sports or, or even summer camp. Mm -hmm. All of those visits are opportunities, and frequently immunizations are in integrated into those visits. Mm -hmm. um, but again, I always advocate to ask, right, you know, to right. do your research and, and come in ready to ask if it hasn't been offered. Gotcha. Because some doctors may not, for some reason, carry a vac particular vaccine, and they could recommend where you could go to get it. Mm. Should we call ahead with our doctor or when we're scheduling an appointment just to make sure? Because parents working schedules and you take your child in and we don't have that you know we'll have to reschedule that that's that's absolutely. a pain. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's really highly recommended, again, okay. to call ahead. And the same with the health department. We have um, appointments uh, available as well as walk-in clinics, and we really recommend calling ahead just mm -hmm. to make sure uh, the time will work best for you, right. reduce the wait time, make the visit quicker. And then in terms of going to a, a private doctor's office or other community clinic site, it's always better to call ahead mm -hmm. just to make sure. Yeah. Okay. We're talking with Joanna Hemmett, Assistant Director of Patient Care Services with the Fairfax County Health Department about the start of the school year, immunizations, Immunization Awareness Month. We're all getting ready to to get the kids back in school so we can, our, the parents can be a little more relaxed. <laughs> I know I look forward to that. Uh, I, I, 
different kind of question, though, put you on the spot is, you know, we're doing the immunizations, we're getting ready, we've got all these kids going to be in the confined spaces, et cetera. Can you offer any other health tips for uh, for back to school in addition to, to getting immunized? I know washing your hands, obviously, is important, but any any tips or anything? Well, you know, just in terms of good um, health and, and preventive measures, we definitely recommend kids are ready in terms of the immunizations, getting their physical, as well as just making sure that they get enough rest, they eat right, hmm. they eat well and healthy. Um, you know, we are advocating, um, you know, more fruits and vegetables, drink lots of water, make sure that they really are taking good care of themselves. Mm-hmm. So they'll be rested and healthy and ready to learn, ready to focus on right. school when they get there. Right. Okay. Um, before we wrap up, give you the open mic. Any question I haven't asked you, anything we haven't covered, anything you really want to make sure that um, our listeners are aware of as we're talking about uh, immunizations, Immunization Awareness Month, and, and getting our children ready for back to school from the, the immunization standpoint. So. The floor is yours if you have anything else. (laughs) Well, I think we've covered a lot. I just do want to emphasize that getting immunizations, making sure that parents take their children in to get the required immunizations as well as the recommended immunizations is one of the most important things and most effective things that a parent can do to keep their children healthy. Mm -hmm. So don't wait. Don't don't wait for that rush at the last minute. Yeah. Um, really, it's still early August. We got a few weeks. Don't wait for the last minute. Go ahead and take a look now. Get that immunization record out. If you don't have it, you can go ahead and call your doctor's office and you know ask them to check for you and see if there's anything needed. Stop by the health department if you've been going there for immunizations. They can pull up a record if you don't have that. So my best advice is don't wait for the last minute right. and try to take care of that now, sooner yeah. rather than later. Good advice. And if folks have questions, give us that website address uh, one more time. And if, if there's a telephone number, if you could give that for us as well. Yes. Again, the website address for the Fairfax County Health Department is www.fairfaxcounty.gov hd. And then our phone number is 703-246-2411. And that will get you to the main number. And from there, you can get in touch with any of our district offices if you would like. Uh, But that will get you all the information you need, those two, website and phone number. Very good. Joanna, thanks for being with us on the County Conversation and talking about this important topic. Good information shared today. Thank you. Joanna Hemmett, Assistant Director of Patient Care Services with Fairfax County Health Department on the County Conversation. So thanks to Joanna and thanks to you for being with us and listening in today. Uh, If you'd like to get more Fairfax County news and events, you can go online to fairfaxcounty.gov slash news. And you can also call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329, weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. The Fairfax County Newswire is your comprehensive county news source that offers news that's important to you and your community. Newswire is available in multiple formats, such as Twitter, RSS, and even by email. And you can learn more and subscribe online at fairfaxcounty.gov news slash subscribe. Thanks again for listening to The County Conversation, produced by the Fairfax County Virginia Government.